secret art of business? The creative side of our brain and the business side of our brain may seem like two separate entities, but they are actually interconnected and complementary. The creative side of our brain can bring fresh and innovative ideas to the table, while the business side of our brain can turn these ideas into practical and profitable solutions. By tapping into both the creative and business side of our brains, we can find a balance between risk-taking and practicality, leading to more success and fulfillment in both our personal and professional lives. I'm Katherine Lane Klein, entrepreneur and creative person, and in this podcast, we will hear success stories from people that are doing exactly that, and hopefully giving you ideas of how you can too. Hi, this is Catherine Lake Klein, and welcome to The Secret Art of Business. Today, I am super excited to have Francie Henry, one of my most favorite CEOs in the Columbus area, and she is a regional president at Fifth Third. Um, I, I do love Fifth Third. I'm going to have her talk about it a little bit, but I do have some of, some of my money. Um, so I definitely, definitely trust Fifth Third as an institution, but, um, Francie, let's talk a little bit about, um, uh, Fifth Third. Um, what is some of the favorite things you like to, to say about it as, as its CEO? Blessed to be with the organization for over 38 years, Catherine. So wow. I remember, yeah, I was 12 when we joined. So if your listeners are of course. the math and you, you know, you know, but, yes, uh, yes. you know, look. At, at a basic level, uh, you know, I love building relationships and banking in my humble estimation is all about um, trusting and building relationships to help people use um, the financial side of their life to help achieve their dreams. Right. So our goal is, you know, to understand what those dreams are and where you're we're here to help support that. And we're servant leaders. So it's a it's a marvelous profession to be in, to be able to help bring uh, individuals, companies full circle. Uh, when I joined and the bank, the we that you've been there. Yeah, the fact that you've been there for so long says a lot. Yeah. Well, you know, we were, we were three billion when I started, um, so it's it was a pretty small organization, mostly headquartered in, in Cincinnati. Uh, now we're the twelfth largest bank in the country. Uh, Two hundred oh billion dollars in assets, uh, a multi-state region, and and what, but what I will say to you is that the spirit that in, in which I started and embarked upon. The spirit that the organization has is to, to provide a local delivery model still exists today. So regardless of our size and scope, uh, we are a very large bank with tremendous resources that are very committed to our communities. And that's why I have the great fortune of being the regional president for Central Ohio to make sure that I am meeting the needs of our customers and our communities, bringing the big bank resources, but acting very much like a very small community bank in the delivery model. So it it feels yeah. like a different bank when you look at it in scope. Um, it looks like a different bank, but it doesn't feel like a different one to me. So it's been a wonderful journey, and I hope one that will be able to continue as well. That's awesome, and I, I think that really kind of crystallizes what everybody is looking for in a bank too. You know, uh, a strong backbone financially and people that are very approachable. And definitely everybody, you and you and everybody on your team are definitely approachable. I love socializing with you guys on occasion. We're a lot of fun. <laughs> um, now let's talk about fun, Francie, because um, what – one of my favorite questions to ask people is what they did as a kid, because, you know, part of this podcast is talking about how um, people's creativity sparked their career. So let's head back to when you were young. What were um, some of the things that you loved to do? When I say this, I'm sure that, you know, you, you can hear your parents or the people who supported you ringing in your ears. 
So, you know, when you were, you know, creating mischief in the house, what did your, what did your folks tell you to do? Get outside and play, you know, get outside and release that energy. So some of my most fond memories, and again, I grew up in Mountain Vernon, Ohio, you know, 15,000 population, uh, very small town with that great hometown feeling. I don't know that that's different in a lot of the suburbs of Columbus, frankly, you know, when mm-hmm. we had to grow up, but, but it was, it was a lovely community to be in. Uh, and my most favorite thing would be to get outside, to get on my bike, to ride around town, to stop and visit the neighbors. And most of them would provide me with some level of nourishment, you know, <laughs> with a cool glass of water. Uh, my dad's restaurant was two blocks away. So here's something crazy. I'm a Greek. I'm Greek by heritage, and my father owned a restaurant. Does that shock anybody that a Greek's daughter and the Greeks had restaurants in the small <laughs> town? I'd ride down to the restaurant. I'd go to the local drugstore. You know, I'd go to the local hardware store. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's that's kind of the beginning of just, you know, building your community and your relationship. And I just always enjoyed people. You know, I just and, – and the other thing that I remember as a kid growing up is that people were always very accepting of us. And – you know, we grew up in Knox County, and I think you know less than one percent of the population there spoke a language other than uh, English. And and we were mm-hmm. my parents immigrated here and met and married in the states. Um, oh, the language at home was Greek, uh, and you know we were always the Greeks. You know, or the Greeks kid, or you know, or, you know <laughs> and and it was lovely because they were interested in our culture and our background, and we were we were most happy to share. Last thing I'd say is that I think we always felt, not in a difficult way, but we felt this obligation to ensure that we were representing our country in the most proper fashion. And my dad was a small business owner in town, so he was always very conscientious to ensure that we were, you know, at our best behavior at all times (laughs) and representing, you know, our background and our heritage and our culture in the proper way. And and we were very welcome uh, in Mount Vernon. Well, because of that, I mean, uh, that is some great role modeling, to be perfectly honest, you know, how your parents would treat people and believed how you should all treat people and represent yourselves. And that just kind of spills out into how you have developed as an adult, too. And, you know, there's not going to be very challenging to see how to connect the dots here on how you got into this servant leader um, role. Um, But let's have a let's talk a little bit about that. You know, you obviously got into banking at a very young age. Um, how did your career develop, you know, based on those skills and some other creativity that you might've had along the way? Because as we were talking offline a little bit, it's not just working hard that gets you to that next level. You know, how did you climb that ladder? So, uh, I tell, I tell the story and it's really the, the God's honest truth. So I was, I was creative and quite mischievous at some point in, in my, uh, as I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next in my life. And um, our restaurant opened at 5.30 in the morning and served breakfast. And it was a very, very busy breakfast schedule. And it was very difficult, Catherine, to get up uh, and, 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 and serve over a hot grill if you've had an extended evening the night before with your friends. <laughs> and, and I was unable to fulfill that requirement. And my father was beside himself. And my mother, who was a disciplinarian, really had enough. Uh, and they asked the bank manager from across the street at First Federal Savings Alone. You know, I was it was my senior year. I was, you know, sowing some oats, trying to figure out what's next. And uh, they convinced her to hire me to be their summer float teller. And and I was a 
Yeah, and it really came because I was really being, I was exploring and, and then using my creativity. <laughs> and, uh, and because I wasn't showing up at work, I think my parents are going to either kill me or divorce one another. So, uh, you know, I, when I really, you know, and again, it was just a summer job that turned into four summers, winter breaks. And it, it was just an extension of what I told you about earlier. Again, it was just using our abilities as a, as a financial institution to help people ultimately, you know, take care of the people, places, and things that they love most. Mm-hmm. And, and there's an emotional connection. There's a spiritual connection. There's a physical connection. But but there's a financial connection that helps. It's not everything, but it does help that. And, you know, back to the servant leadership comment, I think that I can share with you that I've always felt. I don't know that there's a whole... Uh, there's not a big difference between the people who are able to offer help and service and the pe- people who might be in need of that in whatever level of life that you're experiencing. So if you're in a position to be able to give, and I, I tell the story, the Salvation Army used to be across the street from our restaurant. And you can, I can still hear that ringing of the bell in my ears. It was two weeks ago. <laughs> holidays and, and my dad would close a restaurant and, you know, he would be counting down the change. And you could just hear the nickels and the quarters and the dimes hitting that register. And, you know, we didn't grow up with a lot, but we, we, we had, we had plenty, you know, and when we had extra, he'd flip a coin to me and he'd say, Hey, go run across the street and throw that in the kettle. And I, you know, I would do that. And then we would walk home together. We were just two blocks away. And my dad would always say to me, he said, look, he said, if you ever have an extra vecara in Greek, it's called an extra dime in your pocket. He said, and you've taken care of your family and your obligations. He said, give it if you can give it. He said, because when you need it most, it'll come back to you. And generally it will come back to you twofold. Um, so at the most basic level that, you know, that term, the term of being a servant leader, I think came from that thought process ringing in my ear or it's my mother, you know, cooking for the restaurant and cooking extra for some of those who, you know, just weren't able to do that for themselves and, and always being, you know, a good neighbor, a good provider. And and as it grew, I think, in, in the organization's perspective, and that's why Fifth Third, I think, is such a, a wonderful corporate citizen. And I think we have, you know, matched up perfectly. And that is, we understand that, you know, for our communities to grow and thrive, we have to have a healthy financial system. You know, and I think we take that very, very seriously, right? And and it's Fifth Third, and, and, and around the square, there are a multitude of other organizations and banks, all shapes and sizes. And we're very fortunate in Central Ohio that we all have that same philosophy. You know, it's great for consumers because it's a competitive environment. But when it comes time to, to doing the right thing for our community and addressing some of the tough issues and giving back, uh, I think all organizations, all those swords go down and, and we're completely aligned. I don't think it's, um, it's a secret there's a lot, lots of great things that happened in Central Ohio in the last 10, 15 years, and look what's going to come. But a sound, safe, cooperative financial services industry uh, was a good foundation for our city to be able to use and grow. And, and it, now it's our obligation as that next generation <laughs> to continue that progress. And I, I could just echo that, that the, the banks especially have been very, very generous in this community, helping, especially during the pandemic, um, making sure that, you know, you know, when PPP loans were hitting the fan, um, all the banks were really, really stepping up and just saying things like, you know, just fill out the forms. We don't even know what's happening yet, but we do. All we have are these forms so far. And when we know to do with them, we'll take care of it. So, um, 
it, 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 it was really an all hands on deck, at least here. And I'm sure many other places in the country, though, too, but especially in Columbus, Ohio, where, you know, we were just like, we're in this together. So um, everybody really, really stepped up. But yeah, it's I know one is more appreciative than me as a business owner that you guys were there to help out. Um, if anything, just for some counseling, <laughs> like, oh, you know, what's happening? I don't know, but we'll do this together. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> so I kind of feel, um, you know, the same way of the proceedings over the last week and a half, two weeks, you know, what's happening. Oh, yeah. You know, some of the industry and the bank failures. But there's a big distinction between the kinds of organization, the organization that we run and, and the central Ohio organizations and what happened out in California. So that's all I'll say about that. Uh, but I think, again, you know, we're very fortunate to have, you know, a great solid banking system here. And, um, you know, look, I think, you know, we're all interested in trying to do our part in making this the most, you know, the, the most prosperous region, you know, in the country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it is definitely people like you and your leadership that, you know, drives everybody else to go that extra mile. So that we definitely appreciate. Um, but now, you know, we know that you're a hardworking, giving person. I want to know what, do, what do you do for fun? Um, you are not always leaning into that left brain. You do have some fun activities that you do. So let's talk about one or, or all of them. If you have more, you know, I'll start. I think, um, uh, the two people who don't get credit for, for making me a great professional would be my two children. So, um, they are now, um, soon to be 25 and, and, uh, uh, 22. And, um, you know, look, nobody grounds you more than the two human beings that, you know, look like you, but act differently. (laughs) (laughs) They force you to become, you know, as creative as possible. And, you know, I've been a working mom uh, my entire career, obviously. And, uh, you know, they, they um, are, are wonderful people that have helped me um, understand and grow, you know, whether that's spiritually or otherwise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all have children that and we have this uh, idea of what they should be or could be or want to be. But, you know, allowing them to be who they really are to the core, to be the best possible version of themselves has been um, the most wonderful journey to be a part of. And I think that journey in return makes me a better professional. Yeah, um, children so definitely love- let us know that or remind us that there's more to do than just work. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. Your beautiful daughter is, you know, one example of that as well. And, <laughs> um, you know, and I see how much you enjoy her, you know. Oh my gosh, yes. Communications and, 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 and they drove me to be, a better version of myself. You know, if I were going to, you know, if I get up every day and I, I chose to lead them and, you know, in care of others, I wanted to be as good as I could possibly be, you know, for them and, and, and otherwise, but they're, they're fun. So we, we like to do a lot of things together. My, my outlet um, has always been some level of um, physical activity. So whether that's, you know, my, my current uh, energy level comes from Pilates. So I've, I've gone through the whole, you know, running and weightlifting and boot camping, which I was always tired and sore <laughs> and evolving to more kind of strength training and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, resistance. So I, I, I'm in that Pilates studio, um, you know, a couple times a week and in the weather's good. And otherwise I just love walking. I mean, and I love, you know, the, the smell of the air and getting out and clearing my head. And I mm-hmm. put on my, you know, when you're always on, uh, you know, the secret for me is I, I do have to recharge and yes. I like to do that listening either to a good podcast or good music. 
and spending a little time by myself reflecting. My daughter caught me last night. I had just come upstairs. It had been a long day. And I was sitting in my uh, sitting in a chair, and she FaceTimed me from college. And it was dark in there. She goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm energizing. You caught me. She goes, are you sitting in your room in the dark? I said, yeah. You know, Maybe. I just need to <laughs> I know. Let me call you right back. You know, and she just, you know, laughed. I also love to play golf. So I'm a, I'm a wonderful, terrible golfer. I'm a wonderful, terrible golfer. <laughs> <laughs> back and people don't, like true golfers don't get this, but I never keep score. So if I feel like I've hit the ball well, if I feel like the progress is good, or if I've had a blow up hole, guess what? The next hole is new for me. And I, I pour a I little bit cocktail for myself i use the cup holders my speaker i put my phone in the cup holder and you know the music kind of resonates i have a little swing juice as i call it Catherine, and i just <laughs> you know everything can go away uh, that happened to me that day and i'm focusing on trying to like really good connection with my club in the golf ball and then i, I love that that's that's two amazing ways to really unplug but i do know that you like to cook too so oh, yeah. let's talk about that a little bit. Um, what kind of cooking do you like to do? So um, my mother is uh, turning 93 this year. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, and, and my daughter, and I, Alexander, had embarked upon this about, about five years ago. We said, you know, yeah, he's not getting any younger. And, you know, what? I, I really want to make sure that I understand how she does what she does in, in our most favorite recipes. And there's one thing to read the recipe, so we had her document them all. But you know, Kathy, what did I say? It's a long way from the mouth to the hand. Yes. And we have been watching her make those recipes and tweaking what she's written. And now, um, you know, her memory's not as good as it used to be, and she's not always able to do the things that she once did, and they're all on me. So last weekend, it's a uh, pasticcio is like a Greek lasagna, I'd say. And I have, I have just perfected her recipe on pasticcio. I'm so proud of myself. And there are about <laughs> 10 of those recipes that I'm trying to make sure, whether it's her Greek cookies or kulurakia, whether it's her spanakopites and tiropites. And I'm really, and, and every time you got to tweak it a little bit, because you're like, mom, this doesn't taste exactly like yours. What am I missing? You know, so... I have so enjoyed it because it grounds me to my heritage and my culture. It's something that, you know, my children enjoy as well. And look, if you love to eat, you love to cook. (laughs) I enjoy it. I do not enjoy baking as much because you don't really know if until you're it's all it's over and you've tasted the final product. If you've done a good job baking, I think that's why I so enjoy cooking because you can kind of modify and tweak it as you go. Right. If your sauce isn't exactly right. You can add this, or you can add that, or you can taste as you go. Well, you can't really figure out if the cookie's going to rise right or if it tastes right. Till it's <laughs> so I'm kind of over the baking piece, which I am really good at a baklava, by the way. So I can make oh my God, that's perfectly, my perfectly, her pasticcio perfectly. And I'm, you know, I love, I love lentil soup, so I think I'm good with that. But there's about seven other recipes that I'm still trying to work on. You know, it's funny that you bring up the whole baking versus cooking thing. It always seems like that everybody picks a team on that. 
You know, uh, my husband loves cooking. I like baking, you know, and I, I don't know why that is. Um, for me, it's just, it just feels better when I bake rather than when I cook, but yours is obviously the opposite. <laughs> so unforgiving. It's just not. It's that just very not true. I think, I think I like the decorating part of it. Maybe that's just my art thing kind of kicking in. Like if I make a cake or cupcakes, I can, I get to decorate them at the end or something. I know you're allowed. You're supposed to ask all the questions, but what did you discover that you had such a talent for art? You know, um, that's an interesting story because I was in, I want to say the fifth grade and a teacher had me and another student. um, I don't know how this happened, but they took us to the art store because they said, you two are artists. You know, what happens a lot in school, people are kind of declared whether they're an artist or not, which I think is a little unfair. But in this case, it worked in my favor because, you know, I did not have, there's no way I could have asked my parents to spend money on professional art supplies. So the school bought my first set of pastels and paper and pens and things like that. And um, I just was like, oh, well, I guess I'm an artist then. And I just kind of pursued it after that. I didn't know what my career was going to be necessarily, but I knew it was going to be an artist of some kind. And that, of course, pained my parents because I would be a starving artist but uh, I kind of spun that a little into a marketing career. And, and now I have this other business too. And now going back to art, you know, so it's kind of come full circle a little bit for me, but that's how it all kind of started. It was like basically somebody else declaring that this was an actual thing. And um, I just was like, Oh, okay, well, I like this. So I'm just going to go for it, I guess. Uh, But had that not happened, I don't know what I would have done. So yay for teachers. (laughs) Amen. Yay for teachers. I, that, that's, you know, you, none of us would be where we are today without their care, love, and concern. They're Absolutely. Because, you know, your parents know the least amount, right? So if a teacher's... Well, there, I swear they're surviving. I don't know if you came from a big family, but there's, I have four other siblings. And, yeah, I, I swear in a lot of days it was just survival on their part. <laughs> Let alone what my kid is going to be when she grows up. Well, you know, you you were survival of the fittest. There was just my brother and I, and he was four years older, and he was, you know, the little more perfect child. <laughs> so God, <laughs> you know, it was a lot to live up to. And and uh, I've already told you my past, but and uh, just the two of us, you know. And and but we had a big family in that um, we were very much involved with our church, um, and you know we would go to church every Sunday, and that was our day of yeah, family. Yeah dad on the restaurant and then eventually he closed it on Sunday so we could spend the day together and we really felt like we had a big family because you know they we would actually call a lot of my parents friends at church aunt and uncle and then, oh yeah it sounds like you had the whole the whole town basically yeah. as a family <laughs> it, was nice. you know, it was nice so never felt alone but I know what you're talking about in terms of big families and the dynamics that they have and that's kind of neat and, and it's funny because then you look back and like my brother and I, but I'm sure all four of your siblings, all, all four of you are very different. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's crazy that yeah. we were even raised by the same people. <laughs> I mean, did that, are we? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Are we even related? <laughs> there's, we have a lot of those conversations, <laughs> especially with my fifth brother. There's very little, um, few photographs, you know, of him and like, when, when did you even show up? We don't even know, you know, just another kid just shows up. Um, 
but yeah, that, that it's, it's all part of a process and, you know, on how we're raised and how we're discovered and, you know, how we just kind of like, like you just kind of fell into like, you knew relationship building was a strength for you. And you have basically spun that into quite the amazing career. Um, and you're quite a role model for a number of, you know, young women looking up the ladder and saying, oh, good, there's somebody up there that looks like me. That's also a woman. So <laughs> that we appreciate for sure. And I appreciate your time so much today. I really, really do. Um, I, I do know if you're going to be doing anything more with all those recipes and, and things of your mom's, are they just going to be written down and passed on or uh, can they become a book or blog or something (laughs) i really have we are video we we have videotaped her so we not only have them written um but now we have them on video so i think there's something that we can do there i mean even if it's just you know to our friends and family that they can remember her by because um again we're very fortunate she's still with us and she she'll dive into that kitchen by golly if she sees us doing something uh, but I'm really glad, I guess, you know, I would say to everyone, look, if you if you can do this ahead of time, you know, no time like the present. Make sure you preserve the past and the culture. For me, it's it's culture and heritage, you know. But mm-hmm. So, you know, um, as you move forward, it's just something so special. Everyone has their moms. How many people have you talked to? Boy, I really wish I had that, you know, that, that right. one favorite recipe that I could enjoy. And, right. you know, look, right. Catherine, you know, you're very complimentary and very kind, but you know, I think the other thing that people can keep talking about is how do you keep exercising, you know, the other side of the brain and, and, you know, another way to do that. And I have found is it, you know, um, my involvement and in, in many other boards around the city, um, you know, I get myself out of my day-to-day activity, but it really helps me broaden my horizons, think differently, be innovative. So I always encourage people to, to think about um, if they want to grow in a different area in their career right now, or their personal life isn't isn't you know able to give them that path immediately. Think about giving back, and and when you, it's so funny because you say I'm giving back, you know. But I have always gotten more than I believe I've ever given, whether I'm serving yeah. on a board or whether I'm mentoring. And I always everybody wants to put me on the finance committee, and I, I <laughs> no, I do that enough during the day. I want to exercise right. a different part right. of the brain. Should I be on the marketing committee? <laughs> I love marketing. I love joining the marketing committee or any other, you know, that I can kind of work a different muscle, you know, and I think that's really helped me. And look, every business, there's the 80-20 rule that applies or, you know, there's so many tenants of running profits, not-for-profits, et cetera, that you can provide, but there are nuances to that. And I think, you know, that's one of my secrets, I think, has always been able to, to when, when we're encouraged to give back and to serve those discussions and that what I've learned and the people that I've met have really helped me, I think far beyond what I've you know, given back. So another, you know, one little tidbit of, you know, what can you, what else can you do while you're, you know, look, a lot of people are going to be, they, they, they aren't able to work professionally, but there's lots that they can continue to do to help re-energize themselves, you know, and still take care of what they need to take care of. Because as women, we know that our, our checkerboard is full all the time. And <laughs> that it is. There's not even any, any squares to move to sometimes. You're like, wait a minute. I think I got too many pieces on here. <laughs> oh, be kind to yourself. It's okay. It's okay. Be it kind is. to yourself. It Things is. will work themselves out. Thank you so much, Francie. I appreciate you. And like I said, what you do in the community and I appreciate our friendship. Um, I, I really, really enjoy talking to you today. So thank you very much.
You're the best. Uh, thanks for the offer, and uh, I look forward to seeing you in our next event. Take care. Awesome. Thank you for joining the conversation today. If you are more of a visual person, all of these podcasts are available on YouTube on the Secret Art of Business podcast. If you or someone you know is successful in running a business and utilizing their creativity to superpower it, I would love to hear more. Maybe there is someone you know that is successful and you want to hear their story. Drop me a note in the comments, and if it's a fit, we'll try and connect.